From Riverside Health System, this is the Healthy You Podcast, where we talk about a range of health-related topics focused on improving your physical and mental health. We chat with our providers, team members, patients, and caregivers to learn more about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and improve overall physical and mental health. So let's dive into learn more about becoming a healthier you. I'm really excited to have Dr. Hinky, OBGYN, who is with Riverside Partners in Women's Health, join us today on the Healthy You podcast. Welcome, Dr. Hinky. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Your reputation precedes you. I um, <laughs> hope that's good. In a positive way. <laughs> I hope you delivered a lot of babies out there and, and have a um, great reputation in um, the community. Well, so thank you. Thank you for what you do. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Hinckley, briefly describe why you decided to pursue a career in OBGYN. Yeah, well, there's, there's, you know, lots of factors that go into that. Not, not all those are identifiable, but um, part sure. is, is the, the mentors that you have as you're right. coming up. And, and then um, it's one of the few specialties in which you do um, a little bit of everything. So every, every uh, you, you have obstetrics, but you also have gynecology, you have uh, teenage patients, you have postmenopausal patients, you have elderly patients, you're, um, you know, you're in the operating room one day, but you're providing primary care the next day. Uh, and, and so it spans this wide range of, of different things. So if you're somebody who um, gets bored easily, right. it, it's a nice way to have everything be be kind of different just patient to patient day to day right so i know um you know i have two children mm -hmm. uh two grown children and then i had <clears throat> complications um yeah. getting pregnant and right. then more importantly having a history of fibroids you know yeah. keeping them to viability so i'm very sure. fortunate that yeah. i was able and i had a great relationship with my obgyn and and that's the other thing there's not too many other areas of medicine where you might see somebody uh, 12, 15 times in a year right. that you're not really sick. Right, right. You're, right. you're in general healthy and having a normal process, but, but you know, so you create these long-term relationships right. uh, when, when you're healthy. Uh, so it's, it's different than other kinds of medicine in, in that way. Okay, great, great. Um, talk a little bit about things you could, should consider before you get pregnant. Um, well, uh, you know, in, in general, for most people, getting pregnant is a, a you know kind of a normal, natural life <coughs> life process. Right, it doesn't right. require a, a lot of planning. Right. Um, but uh, you know, uh, you don't need to stop your contraception early. You can, you know, if you're using birth control pills or IUD, you can have those things removed. Uh, you know, IUD removed or stop your birth control pills. Say you know, the month before you want to try to conceive. Right. Uh, there's no long washout period to that. Uh, if you have uh, chronic health problems, that's right. probably the biggest group of people that, you know, need, need to plan ahead a little bit. Right, so like fibroids. Fibroids <laughs> is, is one thing, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and yes. you know, we've kind of waxed and waned on that. Right, uh, right. You know, for a long time, we really didn't treat those uh, right. prior to pregnancy. Um we went through a phase where we did, and right. we were kind of back to not treating them uh, okay. preconceptually. Um, chronic high blood pressure okay. is, is uh, certainly one of the bigger things that we see. Um, 
And so, you know, seeing your family doctor or your cardiologist and switching over to a blood pressure medicine that's uh, safe during pregnancy. Okay. Uh, the, the things we use during pregnancy are not typically uh, things people use when they're not pregnant. So instead of being on a uh, something like lisinopril, you might switch over to nifedipine. And so, right. so those are things that are easy to do ahead right. of time. Right. Uh, diabetes. Oh. Um, there's a big impact of your hemoglobin A1C on the risk of fetal anomalies. So okay. uh, if you're, uh, for instance, if your hemoglobin A1C is 10, your risk of that baby having a fetal anomaly is almost 10%. Wow. So, you know, way higher than, right. than the average. If, if your hemoglobin A1C is 13, uh, that doubles to 20%. Wow. So, um you know, having that as well controlled as you possibly can prior to conception is is really important. Right. Uh, so. Okay, great information. Um, I know one of the things that within my friend group, as women are waiting longer due yeah. to careers to have babies, is there a really a right time? So some say you should have them in your 20s yeah. and before you're 35. What are your thoughts around that? Well, I mean, that's complicated. You know, when should you have baby isn't really right. how that works. <laughs> right, know? right, so right. You, you have your children when. Right, right. You know, and when. But from a risk factor when you perspective. Can, yeah. Right, and, right. And so, because um, I get asked this question, you know, not, not infrequently. Right. It, it gets phrased a little differently. Okay. Am I too old to have another child? Or right. Or am I too old to have a child? And, right. And no. You know, they're. Of course, biologically becomes a time when you're right. unlikely to get pregnant or unlikely to have a child. But we currently have three patients in our practice that are 44. Wow, that's so, great. Um, so, so later ages than we would normally kind of think of as optimal, let's say. Right. And and they're all got there for different reasons. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just when when it happened. Maybe. Yes. Um, genetics is the you know is the obviously the thing people worry about. So, so two things happens as you get older. Uh, one is you have an increased risk of what are called trisomies. And the number that's been used for a long time is, is age 35. Okay. There's nothing particularly magical about 35. You okay. know, it's not dramatically different than 34 right. or 36 or right. 37. That makes sense. Uh, it, it was just when they did the first studies, they broke the studies into groups of five. Okay. And the first group that they saw an increased risk was a 35 to 40-year-old age, okay. age group, and so they just used 35. Okay. okay. So the, the risk of having a child with any kind of chromosomal abnormality is about 1 in 200 at okay. age 35. Okay. Down syndrome specifically is the one everybody right. knows about. Right. Uh, is about 1 in 400. Okay. So, so yes, it's you know higher than when you were twenty five, but it's still one half of one percent. Right. So right. You know, ninety nine percent of the time right. you're fine. Right. Um, and there's some new testing that has come out in the last uh, ten years. Okay. Called uh, non-invasive prenatal testing. It's blood work that can can be done at ten weeks, anywhere okay. after ten weeks. That's you know really accurate. Uh, if you had a child with a trisomy it would detect it 99.8% oh, of the time. Mm -hmm. And if, and it's real accurate. So right. if it, 
if it says you know your child has trisomy 18 it's going to be correct 99.8 percent of the time right. too so um, you know simple blood work done at 10 weeks right. get, gets you the information that you that you want the other problem is you accumulate things as you get older right <laughs> so yeah so that would be that, accurate. back to that diabetes and things you don't want yeah right it's not none of it's great maybe right. a little wisdom in there but right. but most of it's not good and so <laughs> so uh you know diabetes and high blood pressure are going to be more common if you're 40 right having a pregnancy than than if you were 20 and being, and having a pregnancy so so those kind of uh you know um whatever you want to say co we call them comorbidities right are more prevalent as as you age okay great uh, so they require management too great 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 information can you talk a little bit about healthy weight and i know that's something that <laughs> yeah. i struggled with because well. when you get pregnant you, you feel like you can eat that's, anything you want a, you, you, you can, a, all your cravings that's you, a delicate you need, topic <laughs> you need to make so. sure you have them and then you you gain this astronomical amount of weight and then you have this very small baby so <laughs> yeah well that's, a, that's and, and you and, call it baby weight and that's <laughs> so we we don't talk about that too right much. There's, there's a you know there's a secret to longevity in my my profession right and, and right but is, we want to educate and support is, them so they is, can make an informed decision about which it, route they want is, to is being thoughtful about how we address all this um i mean from a realistic standpoint um you know, our population is reflective of the American population. Right. right? And o right. Obesity is a significant problem. Yes. Um, from a practical aspect, the idea that you're going to, you know, let, just from a doctor's standpoint, that I'm going to tell a patient, uh, you need to lose 50 pounds before you get pregnant. Right. I, we don't. It, it, one is it's unlikely to happen, and right. two, it's not very fair. Right. And, and so we don't really head into it that right. way um, there are guidelines for weight gain during pregnancy and those guidelines are modified based on where you start the pregnancy that makes sense and so um, trying to minimize the risk of gestational diabetes uh, gestational hypertension right uh, which, which you know are important uh, complicating factors of pregnancy right. and so the the well, to give you an idea, if you took the average baby, placenta, amniotic fluid, breast tissue, blood, uterus, et cetera, and you add it all together, it's about 18 pounds. Okay. So anything beyond that isn't isn't the pregnancy. Really? So right? me gaining 50 <laughs> when I was told to gain 25. There may have been, a, <laughs> you had some extra cushion. In there, yes. Right? And, and so... Um, <laughs> So the guy. I didn't want it on the day of delivery. I can right. just tell you that. Well, so, <laughs> so that's right, and, and and that's the other piece of this too is there's there's, um, yeah, there's increasing your risk of of complication to the pregnancy. Right. And there's also just the idea that this is going to be with you afterwards. Right. And it's going to be something that you kind of have you know should deal with. And right. unfortunately, you know, right after you've had a baby isn't a great time to lose weight. Uh, you know. Losing weight and being careful with your diet and it takes energy. Well, right. you're, you're raising a child. You you're, you have less time and less energy than you ever had before. Absolutely. It's not a good time to, to engage in a big weight loss program. Absolutely. But anyway, so the guidelines in general um, are, 
you know, if you're nor if your average weight, which is a BMI of 18 to 25, let's say, uh, you know, it's going to be right around 30, 35 pounds. And right. the idea is you would gain two to four pounds in the first trimester, then roughly a half to one pound a week after that right. that time frame. Uh, it goes down uh, by roughly 10 pounds if your uh, BMI is uh, 25 to 35. And if it's over that, um, the they'll say 11 to 20 pounds. So if you just said 15 pounds. Right. Uh, so somewhere around 30, you know, 20-ish okay. to 15. Okay. And, and, yeah, we don't – a pound here or there isn't – a big deal. Right. Yeah, those are those right. are ballpark numbers for people. Right. Um, and and the other question we get asked is: Is there a special diet I should right. be on? You know, high protein or what? And there really isn't. Right. Uh, it's the same type of, of uh, good nutritional, right? Basic, the basic foods, nutritional You know, um, one of my favorite old time things is eating around the outside of the yeah, around the outside of the grocery right, store. Right, right. So that, you know, uh, lean cuts of meat, fresh vegetables, right. you know, less processed yes. stuff is whether you're pregnant or not. It's right. It's a good way to do things. Prenatal vitamins. Uh, yes. You were, yes. Um, talking about things you can do ahead of time. Um, so the thing that differentiates a prenatal vitamin from just your basic one a day is the amount of folic acid it okay. has in it. Um, and this all comes out of studies that were done in the 80s uh, to help prevent what are called neural tube defects, yes. so spina yes. bifida and yes. something called anencephaly. And uh, if you're a low-risk patient, uh, 800 micrograms is enough. And if you're high-risk, 1,000. Okay. That's a very small difference, and it's hard to differentiate low-risk right. and high-risk. So we kind of just all prenatal vitamins have 1,000 micrograms in them. Okay. So. Um, uh, there's the gummies. Sometimes yes. the, the prenatal vitamins are pretty big, oh. and so sometimes people have a hard time swallowing them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the gummies are okay, uh, but they don't have any iron in them, oh, and that's okay. another important sure. part of this. And so we're not as – if that's all you can tolerate, right. then fantastic, right. but otherwise – could impact your energy level, right? If well, yeah, so somewhat – so it's just a normal part of pregnancy. Uh, most pregnant women are on the somewhat a, a little bit on the anemic side, right? Because right. you make more plasma than you make red blood cells, okay. so you you look like it, you're anemic. Right, it so dilutes it. Right? Yeah, it so you uh, rebuilding your iron stores with okay. a prenatal vitamin is okay. helpful. That's really great information, Dr. Hinky. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about. You know, you talked a little bit about family history mm -hmm. or, or looking at those comorbidities prior sure. to getting pregnancy so they can be managed. Um, ethnic, ethnicity and risk factors and genetic testing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so we break genetic testing into kind of two broad categories. There's, there's testing that's specific to your current pregnancy. Okay. So those are going to be tests for Down syndrome. Right. So that's, that's done while you're pregnant and it only applies to that pregnancy. Right. Um, one of the kind of more uh, popular and, and, and expansive things that's done now is uh, what's called carrier, excuse me, <clears throat> carrier testing. Okay. So that is really optimally done when you're not pregnant okay. um, because once you're pregnant, it's a little too late to right. act right. on it. So um, there's 
two that are suggested for everybody, uh, cystic fibrosis and something called spinal motor neuron atrophy. Okay. Um, and, you know, those can be done anytime. Okay. Right? There's, there's also a broad panel of carrier testing for things that are less, you know, much, much less common. Right. Um, and, you know, once again, that's something that you might come in for a, a pre-conceptual counseling okay. and be offered, you know, you can talk about that. And then that can also be based on your family history. You know, Uncle right. Joe had this or, or my mom has von willy bronze or something right. something that you know travels in my family and testing could be arranged prior to getting pregnant okay uh and just to explain carrier testing so carrier you don't have the disease yourself you're a carrier for in an order in order for your pregnancy to be affected the father of the child also has to be a carrier okay and so we test the mom first uh and if she's a carrier then you would test the father to see if they're a carrier right. and um, you would only be concerned if both parties are car- carrier for that that one thing right so. right all right talk a little bit about the three trimesters and um for our listeners are right. there things that they should watch or really understand as it yeah. relates to that progression well they're, they're going to be very different thing so you know we roughly break that into you know so pregnancies are 40 weeks long so so by definition they're they're 280 days from the first day of your last menstrual period so we you know commonly in the u.s we talk about nine months uh and and that's really confusing right people right right everybody thinks there's four (laughs) weeks in a month right really there's four and a half so i tell people you can either have nine four and a half week months or you can have 10 four week months but you do it how you want but we're going we're going to talk in weeks right and so if we kind of think of as 13 weeks um the the first trimester is often you know uh morning sickness breast tenderness and fatigue are are you know kind of the hallmarks of that uh and usually you know a risk of miscarriage is you know uh, early pregnancy loss is the kind of big anxiety there. right then then typically once people get into the beginning of the second trimester they're starting to feel much better uh, right. starting to get their energy levels <laughs> right. that's kind of the happy part of pregnancy right right um and the kind of the big thing that happens there is screening for diabetes uh yes. happens during the second trimester and uh, birth defects so you have your yes. morphology ultrasound you have your glucose screening test um and then kind of towards the end of that is when, so there's 30 weeks, give or take a little bit. That's when a lot of the, uh, they may have been diagnosed with gestational diabetes and people who are going to develop gestational hypertensive problems right. often start that somewhere at the you know, beginning of the third trimester. Okay. Okay. And then uh, size catches up. Right? So. The, the happy part starts to kind of fade, the glamour. Right. Uh, you, know, you start running feel, out of room, right? I feel special. You know, <laughs> all that kind of fades. And, uh, and Lumbar pillow. I can't sleep, and uh, you know, my feet hurt, my back hurts. I can't, you know, right. I, I grunt and groan when I right. stand up Absolutely. and sit down. And, and all that kind of starts to happen around 32, 34 weeks. And, okay. and uh, so, yeah, so they each have their own identities. Right. 
Thank you so much for what you do. Um, sure. It takes a special person um, to be an OBGYN, and it's such a major pivotal milestone, yeah. giving birth and having a baby. How many births are oh. you responsible for bringing <laughs> into this world, Dr. Hinkley? I could ask that, and I'm not... Um, Anecdotally. <laughs> if, if I just kind of did the average. Right. So I've been, I've been here 32, okay. coming up on 33 years. Okay. And, and you know, we deliver somewhere 150 babies a year, roughly. Okay. So okay. I don't know what the real number right, is, but right. somewhere 4,500, 5,000. Wow, yeah. wow. And then I trained in a residency that was really, really busy. So okay. uh, there were at least two or two to 3,000 during my residency. Right. So, so it's a bunch. Yeah, congratulations. That's enough. <laughs> that's, a, that's a powerful legacy. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Is there anything you would like to tell our listeners before we wrap up today? No, I mean, I I think, you know, I I would say I think there's been a fair amount of of change over the last few years in OBGYN and and certainly an openness to uh, kind of partnering with our patients to, uh, you know, Create create right. the experience that they're looking for. Right. Uh, we started a midwife um, okay. practice okay. about uh, five years ago, and so that's been a really uh, important part of, of uh, our group practice. Right. Um, uh, one of the newer things that that we've expanded over the last year or two are uh, group prenatal classes. Oh, that's and good. So, yeah, that's that really been really a neat good. thing. Um, we have a cohort of 10 to 12 patients. Uh, they have a two-hour session with a mid, that the midwives lead. Right. Uh, an hour or so of that is just educational. Right. Uh, talking about pregnancy, child care. I talk to them about contraception, right. pain relief. And then there's a breakout session with the midwife to have a more traditional prenatal appointment as part of that. Right. And um, so that, that's, you know, those are all aimed at trying to be more um, I don't want to say inclusive, but but supportive through supportive education and, of the and, community and collaborative as and well as I think of with our patients. And, right. And uh, so that's been a kind of the latest change. If there's someone out there listening that may have just found out they're pregnant yeah. or beginning that planning phase of pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, what suggestions would you give them as they look at exploring finding an OBGYN if they don't currently have one? Um, well, I think uh, you know, this is going to be pretty biased. I, I, <laughs> I, I think having uh, – there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, one is having access to um, a NICU, right? Having, right. Uh, going to a facility that has neonatal intensive care unit uh, available is, is really important because everybody starts out, of course, thinking and hoping that everything's going to be fine and, and their baby will be born at full term without right. any difficulties. But right. the fact is – that, that isn't the case for a lot of people. And so being able to have your uh, newborn that needs some special attention right. uh, in your town. Absolutely. Not, not in Richmond or Norfolk. Well, high as gas is, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, why, just why get, commute outside just your community? The, just get through the tunnel. I mean, yeah, so... So that, and then, and then the midwives. Right. I, I think they're fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, they bring a very... A different uh, feel to everything Absolutely. that I, I think is very positive. Um, so I think those are at least 
starting places. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Sure. It's been my pleasure, Dr. Hinky. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy You. We're so glad you were able to join us today and learn more about this topic. If you would like to explore more, go to RiversideOnline.com.